Welcome to the Highly Objective Podcast, where we talk to cannabis industry executives and investors and go into the weeds on recent news. Yay! So today on the show, we have Brooks Lustig. He is CEO of Seed and Smith. Um, Seed and Smith started in 2014 and currently has two locations, one in Denver and another in Louisville. They are a vertically integrated operation. Uh, and what's very unique is they have a grow tour that really takes you through the entire experience and ends up in the retail shop. Um, it's a pleasure to be here chatting with you today. Yeah. So, so tell me more, you know, how, how did you first, uh, I know you grew up in Boulder, Colorado. So I assume that was sort of, you know, what got you interested in cure uh, in cannabis at probably an early age, but you know, what got you into more of the business of, of cannabis? Yeah. So um, growing up in, in Boulder, we were really lucky to um, kind of be turning 21 right about the time when the microbrewery explosion was happening, uh, particularly in Boulder and the surrounding area. And, um, you know, what we really geeked out on was, was making friends with the brewers and, you know, learning the processes that they went, went through to, you know, produce these craft brews. And, um, you know, we saw the really early days of kind of the craft brewery tour and that whole scene, and we're just excited to be a part of it. And when we had the chance to switch over to cannabis, it was, uh, you know, it made a lot of sense. Uh, we'd grown up with that. We were proud to be a part of it, and we wanted to kind of take take the next big step there in Colorado. Yeah, so you started your, your first cannabis company, which was Kaya. Can you tell us more about Kaya, and then after that, you know, how Seed and Smith came about after your, your time at Kaya? Uh, yeah, so um, Kaya, we founded Kaya, myself, and a, and a couple of really good friends uh, in 2009. Um, we really had no business doing it, but we thought, hey, here's a, here's a big opportunity. Uh, I had a, a friend named uh, Paul Waska who came into a bit of money in the World Series of Poker out in Las Vegas, and he decided he wanted to spend some of this money on starting a cannabis company. So we bought uh, what was then called Southwest Alternative Care and, and, and bought a little store and then kind of watched all the regulations come down and and we kind of had to get very serious about it. And my job was really to uh, design the first kind of commercial grow that Southwest Alternative Care, now Kaya, saw. Um, we, we built one of those uh, 5,000 square foot grow up in Boulder. And then uh, we did well enough where we had the chance to double down and get a second store and uh, build a second 5,000 square foot grow. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of success there. Um, kind of evolving into Seton Smith. Uh, that's kind of when we met Barry LaBelle, who is uh, one of the owners and the primary investor in Seton Smith. And uh, he came out and saw our Kaya operation and approached me and said, hey, you know, uh, I'm interested in doing this uh, on a larger scale uh, with complete vertical integration. And uh, you know, end of 2014, we had met him and said, hey, let's let's do it. Yeah, go, going back to your, your buddy who sort of funded Kai in the, the beginning, you know, I heard that story of him being at the, the final table at the World Series of Poker, you and the group of friends flying out. Um, where, where did he end up finishing exactly on, at that tournament? Uh, he got second place in 2006, um, which I, I don't know if the pot has uh, passed it since, but at least in recent history, that was one of the largest 
um, prize pools of all time, kind of right as online poker was really getting hot. Yeah, and, you know, I remember um, listening to another podcast you did where essentially he was guaranteed a million dollars just being at the final table. So I certainly will have to look at what uh, what the prize was that year for second place. Um, and, and then so going now to Stephen Smith and, and Barry. So was Barry just looking to get into the canvas business, you know, trying to let's say meet a bunch of people who might be operating then uh, in Colorado and, and sort of you know came upon is, is that sort of how that connection happened? Yeah, so um, Barry was interested in getting into the industry and, um, you know, this was 2014 right after recreational was passed in Colorado. And so I, I know he came out here and he met with several groups, including us. I think we met him through an attorney friend and um, my partner at the time helped introduce us. And, um, you know, we, he, we, we showed him Kaya and we showed him what we were doing. And he really liked uh, kind of how well thought out the production was and, and the efficiencies that we were starting to build into the cultivation side of things. And um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of how that all started. Great. And, and then, you know, another thing I want to touch on that you mentioned earlier was, you know, going back again to your, your early days in the industry and Kaya, um, you were in charge of building out that first acquisition, building out the cultivation. Um, so what kind of background did you have at, at that time? Or was it more of you know, the homegrown variety and you sort of self-taught yourself to do it more on a commercial scale? Yeah, so um, I had gone to school uh, several years before for astrophysics and, um, you know, did a lot of oh, critical thinking work, engineering and math type work along with that and you know like my whole life have been uh interested in in science and uh building things etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but after school you know being in boulder i kind of caught the caught the bug there and i was a, a swim coach in the summers and a, a ski instructor a ski patroller in the winters uh having a great old time um, until you know, Paul approached me and said, you know, hey, let, let's go do this. And my job quickly became anything and everything that had to do with a, a cultivation facility. So um, we, you know, we were lucky. I like to say we also made our own luck. And uh, basically, we we built it <laughs> ground up and, and, you know, kind of learned how to do it as we were, you know, as we were building the business. Uh, but you know, found, found good people that wanted to be a part of this, uh, built a strong team, uh, learned everything we could uh, from existing uh, cultivators in the area and, and things like that. And, um, you know, built a facility that really uh, could compete with some of these bigger facilities. Um, you know, the, the big challenge in the early days was that, you know, we had 5,000 square feet to grow in and we were competing with people that had hundred or hundreds of thousands of square feet. And so we learned really quickly that we had to be uh, much more efficient than everybody else if we were gonna kind of compete in this arena. And that's, that's something we've been able to carry forward and, and, and really look at you know, over the last 12 years, which I think it, you know, it can, it, uh, lead, led to a lot of success we're having today. 
Yeah, I think, you know, for, for everyone listening, um, you know, I, I went on the tour last week, Brooks and I probably spent a little over two hours together, very impressive tour, um, you know, they've done a lot of things to, to make it hyper efficient. Um, so, so with that, let's get into, you know, the current Cedar Smith Virgo operation in Denver. Can you tell us more about, you know, just how large it is, you know, kind of capacity annually, you know, sort of any efficiency metric. And if you can compare that to, you know, other folks in the Colorado market, um, we'd love to hear more about that for, for listeners. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple stats about Seaton Smith. Uh, Seaton Smith is yeah, pretty unique in that we are uh, not just vertically integrated, but most of the company is vertically integrated under one roof, uh, all at the same facility. Um, which, you know, lends itself very nicely to these tours, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Uh, but, you know, basic stats, we've got 17,000 square feet of grow. Uh, we've got about 2,500 square feet of extraction space. And then we have a dispensary right there on site that's about 1,000 square feet. Um, our grow, you know, produces, oh, 6,000 or just over 6,000 pounds of what I would say is high quality sellable flour annually. Um, there is, uh, you know, of course, uh, industry terms, you know, popcorn shake and, and things like that, you know, smaller buds and byproducts that they come off of there that they go to our extraction lab, as well as all the trim and, and biomass that can go to our extraction lab. Um, you know, the total of that is probably an additional 25, 30% of the flour that's getting produced. Um, the extraction lab, you know, uh, produces uh, all sorts of product lines, uh, whether it be dry dabbables, uh, live resins, live extracts, uh, vapes, whether that be distillate vapes or um, live resin vapes. And uh, we use a lot of our in-house material to do that. Uh, we run kind of oh, one or one and a half shifts a day uh, through our lab doing that. But then uh, we also are running an additional two shifts or additional one and a half shifts a day uh, for uh, some white labeling for other people's products or uh, whether it's making raw vape oil or raw, uh, raw distillates or this or the other for edible companies and, and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, we've got a nice uh, healthy dispensary there on site that, um, you know, I like to refer to as a small but mighty. It's, it's a little bit off the beaten path uh, back in warehouse land, as I, I like to call it. But, uh, you know, it, it holds its own with some of the dispensaries on the main streets in Denver and, um, you know, is a nice little workhorse for us. Uh, the, the final business piece, uh, real quick, statistics-wise about Seaton Smith is we have a, a brand new flagship store in Louisville, Colorado. Uh, this store, we just had our grand opening um, August 30th of this year. And, um, you know, we're, we're ramping that store up quite nicely uh, by being involved in, oh, you know, lo local community events and, you um, you know, uh, do, doing what we can for the hometown crowd. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and on that point too, you guys have a collaboration with um, with a local artist, Big Gigantic, which uh, I got to thank you for introducing me to. I've been listening to them a lot on, on Spotify. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know you, yeah, you, you guys definitely, uh, definitely infuse a lot of local flavors um, into Seed and Smith. And, um, you know, I think you do the same thing with, I think you were telling me last week, 
there was a, a tattoo artist that's kind of designed a lot of your, your merchandise shirt, right? Yeah, and you know where where all this stuff comes from is you know, just we've grown up in the area, and you know we love it here, and and, and we've watched um, whether it be the microbreweries or um, you know other businesses uh, come through and 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 really be a part of the local scene and the local culture, and and we want to do that as well. Um, real quick about the big gigantic guys, um, you know the some of the hometown. Uh, you know, being from Boulder or, you know, Denver area, right, having uh, such great music scene and everything like that, it, it, it's nice that we can get the, the hometown guys out and um, do a nice project for charity with them and, and kind of help build some awareness about, oh, you know, well, I'd like to think about them, but, you know, mostly about Seed Smith and, and, and helping out here. And so um, that was a neat, really thing, uh, neat thing to do. Um, back to the tattoo artist. Yeah, that was a neat little project during when COVID first hit and we were essential business. We watched a lot of friends of the of the business uh, suffer, whether that be um, musical artists or visual artists or, uh, you know, uh, uh, you name it. And uh, we did some, you know, a small projects with 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 people that we knew. Uh, uh, paid him a couple bucks, and in, in this example, we had a tattoo artist come in and design uh, artwork for a lot of our strains, and we released those as some you know special release strains. And there was T-shirts or hats or or hat pins and and, and all the above. They kind of went out with that just to kind of you know do our small part to keep keep things moving uh, during the pandemic. So neat projects, and it gets me with not a lot of neat people doing that. And I think, you know, um, you, you told me pretty much all of the production of Stephen Smith products are, are pretty much sold at, at the two dispensary locations. Um, so, you know, it really feels like with the tour and sort of the retail experience and, and the list of products that you guys have, you guys sort of model this after the brew pub experience that, you know, we've been talking about. Um, so it, it's really unique that you guys do that. And I think, you know, um, it's the hope for the tour for consumers to just get more knowledgeable from call it seed to sell of seed and smith um is that also you know uh, a bigger boost for some of your loyal fans let's say who come to the stores who now get the tour and maybe they're more loyal customers who spend more for every order that they come um tell us more about the motivation for the tour and sort of you know what some of the benefits uh you'll foresee and i know you guys are just launching that um in the last few days yeah so um you know, look, uh, growing up in kind of the scene that we did and, and, you know, just kind of watching how proud people were or, you know, and, and, and watching all the work that went into these, these products that they were producing, it was, it was so cool to, you know, grow up seeing that, you know, we talk a lot about microbreweries, but, uh, you know, I kind of geek out on these tours, like I love the Celestial Seasonings tour, um, they're, you know, uh, a local Boulder resident who've been here for many, many years, um, you know, and then it's, it's crazy things like the Ben and Jerry's tour, you know, um, anywhere there's products we like, if they offer a factory tour, we've kind of been lucky enough to go to go see those places growing up. Um, and when I met Barry and we were talking about Seaton Smith, you know, he's just so passionate about the product and, and passionate about the business that we really aligned in that um, we wanted transparency to be one of our core values about what we're doing, as well as education. Um, you know, I feel those things go hand in hand. 
And, you know, uh, Colorado was the first state to go wreck. Um, you know, one of the early states on medical and, you know, definitely, you know, rivalries aside, definitely one of the pioneering states here kind of pushing all this forward. And, you know, I really feel that there's a lot of people who even still today, um, you know, have a lot of questions about cannabis. Cannabis has been something that's been foreign, that's been taboo, that's been illegal, um, you know, it, uh, for most of all of our lives. And, you know, I think no better way than to help the cause for any, everybody and saying, hey, you know, this is this is what we're doing. This is, this is why we're doing this, right? These are Stephen Smith's motivations for putting the product out, you know, and then the tour really shows like, this is the attention to, to detail and to the products that, that Stephen Smith puts in. And, you know, um, no better way to do that than walk you right down um, some, some storefront windows that show off our grow rooms, as well as you know, kind of walked right down the middle of the hallway through the extraction lab and can learn what all these products are, how we make them, and, you know, quite frankly, seeing us do it every day. So it was really cool to meet Barry and, and find somebody who's willing to, or, you know, so a couple of people are willing to put their money where their mouth is and say, hey, this is, this is what we do and we want to show it off. And, um, you know, if you like it, come be a part of it. Yeah, I'm really glad you, you brought up the celestial seasonings tour as, as being a motivator. Um, you know, the first thing you mentioned to me, I, I just assumed it was a brewery in, in Boulder, but now it's, you know, I actually Googled it just now and it's, it's a tea company. Now it totally makes sense. It, different, so. different, different kind of brewing. Um, you know, <laughs> I guess we support all kinds of brews uh, around here. But, uh, you know, and, and look, I do want to talk a little bit about the business side of the tour. Um, you know, maybe you know, make no joke, we, we are one of 500 or so dispensaries, or I guess, sorry, now two of 500 or so dispensaries in the state of Colorado. Um, and, you know, Colorado's only got about, you know, six, six million or, or I think just over that these days. And uh, there's a lot of competition. And, you know, quite frankly, where Stephen Smith is located, it, it's pretty deep in a, a warehouse neighborhood um, or, you know, business oriented neighborhood. And that's not kind of the typical, um, you know, location, location, location where you're going to put a dispensary. And so, um, you know, get, having something there that is much more than just, hey, you know, walk in and, and let's buy some pot, right? having ways for people to come see what we're doing, see the whole process. I mean, it, it does drive business to the tour. And, you know, um, I, I, I say it on almost every tour I give, but of course, every good tour ends up in the gift shop. Um, and the Seaton Smith version of that is our dispensary. And we, we really, we, we treat it a lot like a tap room of one of these breweries. And, um, you know, don't, don't read that the wrong way. Uh, it's not somewhere where, at least not yet in Colorado, where they're, where people are consuming and things of that nature. It's more along the lines of the dispensary on site carries all of the products that we are producing right there across the hallway. And so, um, you know, it, it Right, no, no reason not to have all of the th uh, all these products that we create available right there, and so you can kind of come through, take the tour, see what we're making, 
and then ultimately it'll be on the shelf in in all or, or most of its forms, whether that be flour and in different quantities or joints or vape products or um, uh, concentrates or live products, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's kind of what we do at the Seed and Smith Dispensary is, is feature the products that we're making uh, right there on site. Right, and I think you know, that really makes a comparison of you guys operating like a craft beer company because oftentimes you know when when some of these craft beer companies start it's usually in a place with cheap rent like a warehouse district um so i think you know it's really accurate to draw those parallels and, and i want to go touch back upon something you said earlier which is you do it sounds like similar numbers to the ones that are based in downtown denver um so people are coming there as a destination you do have folks going out of their way to come there. And I, I believe you were also saying, you know, there's certain people who will travel much further than, you know, what you would typically do for your closest dispensaries. People are going and skipping dispensaries that might be closer to them to go to Seed and Smith. Um, so I think it, it really is a differentiated offering that you've built. Yeah, it, it's a neat thing. And so we see all sorts of uh, patients and clients, um, you know, we've got, uh, a, a group of people that you know are that, that love the brand and are return customers uh, and everything like and everything like that. Um, as well as we you know we are fairly close to Denver International Airport. We're only about 15 minutes away, and so uh, we get a lot of tourist traffic as well. You know, um, COVID really slowed those things down, uh, and, and we did run a tour um, that was free and open to the public uh, pre-COVID. And, you know, we're, we're just now starting restarting that tour again, um, free and open to the public. Uh, you kind of, well, <laughs> I don't want to say post-COVID, but, you know, hopefully as we're on, on the out and getting out of this thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we've got our, our, our tourist traffic as, as well as, you know, kind of your uh, standard dispensary uh, reach, right? Um, you know, kind of some, some local neighborhood traffic as well. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of what we've seen uh, in the cannabis market, I guess, as well as the microbrewery market here in, here in Colorado. And um, it, it's been a good thing for us. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think, you know, as more people become aware of the tours, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll have a lot of demand for that just because today there's not really, um, you know, that I know of too many of, of these grow tours that you can sort of go on. Um, you know, I know in, in Colorado, there were businesses that sort of organized it, um, you know, take a large bus of folks around a couple of dispensaries, maybe some grows, but that was more privately and you would sign up through those tours. But this is a unique experience where consumers can, can sign up directly with your dispensary to go ahead and check out your operations. Yeah, it really is trying to, you know, take one of our um, our core values of, or two of our core values of transparency and education and, and, and do that the best we can and, um, you know, uh, put it out there for all to see. Yeah, and so, so give us a, a quick rundown of, you know, how, how long the tour takes, um, how much time you sort of spend in, in each of the, the different rooms and, and whatnot before you get to the gift shop. Yeah, so um, tour takes probably about 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, what happens is everybody kind of meets in our lobby and uh, you get to walk around, see the facility. You get to hear a little bit about the history of Stephen Smith. 
And we actually walk you right into um, our shipping and receiving warehouse. So, um, you know, you get to see what the warehouse looks like. You get to see that this is um, kind of a, a factory, if you will. Um, definitely a, you know, a, a con consistently operating business, uh, not a place where everybody's kind of sitting around watching plants grow. Um, and then you get to watch a, a couple movies that describe uh, the stages of life of cannabis. Uh, you get to see some storefront windows right into uh, one of our three vegetative rooms, um, where you'll see um, anywhere between uh, one and three, uh, you know, kind of of our of our plant cycles at various stages in in veg. Uh, then you'll get to see uh, kind of on a whole corner of large storefront windows uh, one of our flower rooms, one one of our twelve flower rooms. And uh, depending on you know what time you get there in the cycle, um, you know that room will uh, kind of be at its at stage. And so, if, if you're lucky, you'll see you know huge giant flowers ready to harvest. Um, but it's 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 quite the sight to see uh, any day of the year. Um, the tour from there kind of goes through, and you watch a video about uh, harvest and trim and and how the, all those procedures work. And then you get uh, a window into our, our packaging rooms and, and, and how we do all that. And the, the last real stop on the tour is in the extraction lab. And you get, a, you get to see a video of, of how we extract the crude oil. And then you get to see into the post-processing lab, once, once again, through big, large storefront windows um, of how all that crude is processed into either shatters or sugar waxes or uh, live resin material, um, as well as uh, some of the distillation and uh, the live vape oil cartridges, cartridges that we make. And then, of course, like we've already said, uh, sorry, I guess the, the final stop is actually in the dispensary, um, you know, where these products you've just been seen uh, being made are available for purchase. And I gotta imagine that most folks who go through the tour, there's probably a majority that are purchasing afterwards, right? It's, it's hard to hear about all the strains you guys have grown, um, you know, hearing stories of, of and actually, I, I forgot to ask you more about the R&D, but, you know, hearing all the stuff about Seed Smith on that tour, I, I find it would probably be tough for someone to pass up the, the opportunity to, to buy flour or concentrates after, right? Yeah, you know, ultimately, um, I think people are taking the tour because they're curious. And, um, you know, if, if we're doing our job right and being educational about it and transparent about it, um, you know, that's, that's the whole sales pitch, right? And most, um, most people are inclined to uh, come try something. Um, it's, it, it's really, it, it's really neat. We have a, a great a great staff who can assist, you know, talking in depth uh, about all these products, including your guide that takes you on the tour, you know, so they can provide some advice right then and there. And, um, you know, we even offer for um, our medical patients uh, a service that Stephen Smith has uh, been in, involved with as a, at, at, at the founding level of a group called Leaf 411 that is a group of registered nurses that can uh, apply or can offer medical advice uh, when it comes to cannabis. So, um, you know, lots of support for people who are curious. And uh, yeah, sorry, very long answer to to say uh, most people who come on the tour uh, do shop at the end. No, no, I appreciate that. Um, and, and yeah, it's something I skipped over that I would 
love to hear you talk more about is the, the R&D that Cena Smith goes through. You know, I, I think for most of the tours I've gone on or companies I've met with, um, that certainly isn't the case in, in terms of how much time and attention and, and effort they put into R&D. So we'd love to hear more about that initiative and maybe some of the different parameters you've ran on, on the flowers that, that you're R&Ding. Yeah, well, um, I'll start by saying that when we when we built Seaton Smith, um, Seaton Smith was, you know, the facility that's there was never the end goal. Um, it was honestly built so that we could go build more of these. And, you know, um, you've pretty easy conclusion to draw that if, if you're going to go build more of these and, and continue to be competitive in the industry, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you're going to have to stay ahead of the curve and and no better way to do that by, uh, than by running your own uh, research and development program. Um, look, a lot of uh, growers in Colorado are, are doing R&D in, in their own way. Um, we've tried to um, really kind of frame it out as its, as its own system at Seed & Smith. And so what we've done is we've built oh, three uh, small grow rooms. Um, and these aren't like a closet. They're uh, you know, a couple hundred square feet uh, each and fully functional. And what we've done is we've built these rooms exactly the same. So we can run a control experiment in one of the three rooms or one of the on one of the benches of one of the three rooms, depending on what types of variables we're trying to test. And then we can either run, you know, anywhere from two to five uh, variables uh, to test or versions of a variable. And, you know, the key part with all this is that uh, for the R&D program at Seaton Smith is that it's, you know, the output from that program uh, does not have to be included in, in our cult cultivation quotas so that um, you know, when we run R&D, we can really have the ability to do a real test and, and see if it works or if it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you know, no harm, no foul. We, we learned something there. If it works, okay, you know, great. Um, you know, we'll, we'll add it to the mix. Um, but we, we, we truly do have the ability to run this research and development. And we've looked at everything from uh, different types of media to grow in to uh, different types of lighting systems. Um, you know, we've got on the docket here coming up an experiment to test uh, four or five different brands of LEDs uh, side by side for future facility building. Um, we've run various nutrient programs in these rooms. Um, we've we found ways to uh, drastically cut our nutrient costs through these experiments. Um, and then ultimately, we've done a bunch of breeding in these rooms. So we've been able to come up with some strains that are, you know, uh, fairly unique to Seed and Smith. And, um, you know, our, our cultivation team has, has had a fun time doing that. So um, it, it's, it's a really neat spot. It's, um, you know, I think something that allows us to attract some of the, you know, the higher quality cultivators out there because they, they do get to be involved with, you know, forwarding, uh, you know, pushing Seed and Smith forward through research and development, and, you know, doing our little small part to push the industry forward. Yeah, what, what are some of those uh, unique strains that you've developed through that process, and how much do they account for in, in terms of, you know, current sales for, for Flower, let's say? Um, well, you, you know, 
Uh, I want to be <laughs> a, a little careful here. Um, I, I don't want to mix them up. Some of the strains that we started with, um, you know, were done in, in our own little way through Kaya R&D, and then some were at Seed and Smith R&D. And um, there's a lot of pride there. And ultimately, I just want to make sure I'm not stepping on any anybody's toes. But tell you what, I'll, I'll plug it this way. Um, come on in, take the tour, and you can see firsthand all those strains. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, no, I appreciate you trying to, to not mix up the strains. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot you've probably gone through over the years. So, you know, I mean, we've seen so many, and anytime I open my big mouth about those, I always get in trouble. So I've, I've learned that <laughs> <out> from there. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, so, so so with that, look, you know, two dispensaries today, you have your flagship now in Louisville that's been open for a little over three months. Um, you know, where, where does the company go from here from a growth plan, right? We've seen a lot of M&A in the market um, recently with larger multi-state operators coming into Colorado. Um, so, so what are sort of the growth plans? And then you know, a follow-up question after that is just, have you seen any sort of changes with the MAS and Yeah, so um, well, I guess the first part of the question, for Seton Smith, you know, one thing we didn't really mention, um, you know, I gave some basic stats about what we produce per year out of Seton Smith, but um, you know, just importantly is, is how efficient we are at producing that. And, um, you know, I can say that we grow a, a really cost effective uh, pound uh, out of this, out of this facility. And, you know, I, I think as, as far as the spectrum goes of, of low cost to grow, uh, especially for indoor quality product, um, we're definitely at the low cost end of that spectrum. And so uh, honestly, our, our next priority for expansion is additional cultivation. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a 9,000 square foot lot on our property that is currently empty. Um, so we are in design phase for a hybrid greenhouse system here. Um, we're gonna try and take the Seed Smith cultivation system and adapt that to um, basically four solid walls and a, a you know, greenhouse style roof and um you know kind of see how that adds you know we're anticipating oh you know 60 percent, maybe 70 percent additional yield per year um to the system come coming out of that out of that greenhouse so you know that's kind of the our priority that's that's in the works right now um on, on the retail front you know we're we're always hungry and you know, looking for either, you know, new areas in, in Colorado that are opening up um, for Seed uh, and Smith uh, or, you know, maybe some, um, some mountain locations or, or something in that world. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the basic Colorado plans. I can also tell you that Seed and Smith has its site set on, um, you know, expansion outside of Colorado uh, in a big way, but uh, you know, I, I think stay tuned for, for, for that announcement. Um, as, as far as the second part of the question goes, um, you know, with, with the m and in Colorado, we do see a lot of the MSOs and um, kind of big money firms uh, wanting to play a part in Colorado. We are seeing some of the larger dispensary chains um, you know, uh, talk about merging with each other. Uh, some have merged with each other. And, and basically, I think what we're seeing today is kind of, um, you know, people, uh, people, when they all got into this, were kind of, you know, forced into one way or another. 
depending on when they got in and, and what the regs said at the time. And I think the market is, is correcting uh, itself now. And, you know, that, that's part of the thing that's driving the consolidation. Um, you know, that and also we've been doing this for a while here and, um, right, people are getting smarter and, and, and new, new ideas are coming into the industry. And, and this thing is, you know, go, going the way that, that all these other things go. Um, that being said, I, I believe that there's room in Colorado um, wholeheartedly for Seaton Smith to operate. I mean, you don't have to look too far away to, to see that it happened in the microbrew industry or the micro distillery industry or, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where we're sitting. Yeah, I know it might be too early to, to tell, but do you, you think it, it potentially actually could be a positive for you if, you know, I don't know if customers really know about some of these M&A, but, you know, I feel like Colorado and especially Denver and, and Boulder is one of those markets where there's a lot of pride um, in, in local. Um, so has that been a benefit to your business even, or do you see it as potentially being one, just given that you guys are so ingrained into the culture, you know, especially going back to what we talked about with the collaboration with Big Gigantic and, and you know, some of the tattoo artists in town? Yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot of you know, local pride in, in Colorado. Um, you know, one thing that's tough for cannabis is, you know, everybody's local, right? Like, you know, nobody's nobody's shipping this in from outside of Colorado, or or if you are, you're, you know, you're breaking the law. And uh, so, um, but that being said, I, I think that you, you can look on it, at, you know, with with even you zoom in more on it, and I think that we get a lot of um right like uh neighborhood support and um you know close close people around us support and it, it's it's been great we're gonna you know keep doing that it's it's what we do best and uh you know watch how it grows yeah i, I mean you know what i was more saying obviously the folks you're operating today that have been gotten bought out started out locally but now let's say you know you have a bigger parent company like a Schwaz, who has taken over Purple Bees and Starbuds and Medicine Man, and, and you have Columbia Care coming in and taking, you know, interest in, in some of those other dispensaries that were local to start. Would that change anything, or do you think it doesn't really boil down to the, the customer level, and, and they don't really, you know, notice as much any, any change given the ownership changes? Um, no, I mean, I think I think ultimately it will get down to the customer level. I think that um, you know the people are really into it, and the people that you know do kind of support um you know the the family-owned businesses and uh you know the locally owned businesses opposed to uh somebody who's been um uh, somebody's a part of this bigger thing like i think that is a real force here in uh denver you now Louisville, boulder uh you know colorado in general and um you know i guess i guess the way i think about it is uh you know we, we we've got those people and and, and and i like being in that spot but you know, I, I think that in cannabis, it's inter interesting. And, you know, for, for example, right, we produce, a, you know, a pound of pot for, you know, less money than the Schwazes of the world do these days. And, um, you know, since we're talking about Stephen Smith and, and <laughs> it's my bias, I'll say our, our pound is better. And, uh, you know, so I guess I don't, I don't worry too much about it. Maybe that's a good way to say it. And, um, you know, I, I think that we found a really nice path uh, 
to kind of promote this thing. And, and I think that'll stick around. Yep. No, makes sense. Um, so going back to you, I know you can't really talk about, you know, expansion plans outside of Colorado, but let's, let's talk about the framework at least then what sort of like the right, you know, city or, or state or region for a Stephen Smith. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, for uh, obviously, um, you know, people are very interested in limited, limited license states and places like that, right, where, um, you know, where they can, where they can take a proven method and something that's worked in a, a very tight and if, if I dare say mature market in Colorado, um, and, and, and go drop that down somewhere with much less competition. Um, but then, you know, I also think that, so there's that side of it, but there's also the side of like, it's, um, you know, we're looking for places where um, people are excited to be a part of the movement and uh, want to, uh, you know, or I guess have the same values that we have here, right? Like, um, we, you know, support the transparency, you know, support the education side of it, are, are friendly to the cause, you know, um, places where uh, you can be involved with the um, local community, um, the local businesses, uh, and kind of, you know, continue to take our, our brand ideals forward and, um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, uh, kind of a nebulous question there, but you know we're basically looking for places that are similar to this um, to go uh, set this thing down and, and do it all over again. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to kind of take what you've done in, in a mature competitive market um, and, and replicate that elsewhere where you may be removed, you know, both those parameters, right? So things are a bit more nascent developing, um, but with less competition and, and in theory, um, the execution performance uh, should be able to be profitable. Um, so, so, you know, last question for you. Um, here's from your time in the industry. Um, you know, what's been sort of your, your biggest takeaway or, or learnings? And, you know, if you have more than one, given you haven't in it for a while, I would love to hear it. Yeah. So, you know, look, I'm going to kind of use the tours that we do at Seed Smith to talk about this. I get a lot of people come take these tours who are, building to grow in another state or heck even building to grow somewhere in Colorado. And often I'll get asked like, Hey, by letting people come in and see all this stuff, aren't you giving away secrets or, you know, giving away your IP and things of that nature. And, you know, I guess the answer to that question is, is a little bit right. Um, you know, we've, we've done some things that you can see in those rooms that, you know, maybe other people aren't doing or, or whatever it may be. But ultimately, you know, to answer the question, what I've really been able to take away from the cannabis industry is whether it's on the cultivation extraction, you know, logistics supply chain side, or whether it's on the marketing, you know, retail wholesale side, it's really about the people that you bring in here and the teams that get built and, and work together. You know, um, I have the privilege of being one of the owners of Seed Smith and, you know, kind of the privilege of being the guy who gets to oversee the, the day to day. Um, but ultimately it's a team of, you know, just about 80 people that are doing this work uh, day in and day out that are dedicated to the industry that have bought into this 
idea of like, hey, we're going to do something here. We're going to be transparent about it. We're going to educate the public about it. We're going to educate the regulators about it, you know, and we're really going to try and, um, you know, have, have a good place in the, in the cannabis industry as well as the business community here in, in Colorado. And, you know, this team of, of great people that, you know, works together every day and, and continues to learn how to work together every day and, um, you know, pushes on this team is what executes on the business. And that's where the secret sauce is, right? That's where, um, you know, a lot of the success for Stephen Smith has come from. And look, don't get me wrong, facility design, location, you know, all, all these things are, are important as well. But, but my takeaway is, um, and what I've been really lucky to do at Stephen Smith is to have a great team of people to drive this business every day. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would encourage everybody else to look for. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, I was organizing uh, cultivation tours for one of your competitors uh, when I was out there last week and, you know, they had requested that no one else on the tour be from a competitor or that's a, a grower in the Colorado market. So um, I think it's actually really great that you pointed that out, that it, it really comes down to the people and, and not necessarily, you know, hey, uh, how did you design your room? What are the sizes? You know, even when I was asking some of the questions for you, you were very open about it in terms of, you know, how you, you pot your plants initially and, you know, lighting choices and all that. Um, so I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I guess on the people point then, um, it seems like turnover might probably be low. Uh, and it seems like you probably have some people there who've probably been there for six, seven years. Yeah, so um, we have a fair number of employees that um, have been with me at Seaton Smith uh, since basically since we opened the doors. Um, you know, and I, you know, I guess if you don't count me, uh, right? Like employees number, you know, you know, in the single digits, right? Um, that have been around all all that long. Sorry, you know, I mean, like you know, employees number one, two, three, four, five, right? Like they've been there and they're they're still here. Um, we've had employees who started uh, in the trim room, quite frankly, and who have moved up to, um, you know, upper and, and middle med management levels. Um, they, they've watched this thing grow up. They've been a part of it. They've grown up with it. And, um, you know, it's definitely uh, a big part that, that keeps me coming back every day. And, you know, the, the reason why Seaton Smith is doing as well as it does, it's, it's because of all the ideas that these, you know, that, that the team has, right? Um, and uh, yeah, you know, look, with Seaton Smith, we have our turnover like anybody um, in, in entry-level spots, but I would argue that as this, the spectrum goes, we're definitely in the, uh, the low turnover end. And it's, it's been great to have these, you know, to have these colleagues all along. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you've done, uh, at least from, you know, one of your colleagues I met last week um, that you don't hear much about, usually you hear about the outflow of talent from Colorado and elsewhere, since folks want to hire people with that Colorado experience. Uh, but you actually recruited someone from Node Labs from California into Colorado. Um, so interesting to hear if there's uh, other employees like that where you've actually recruited them into Colorado versus the reverse, right? Losing talent from Colorado to elsewhere. Yeah, and we've we have brought in a lot of employees. I mean, you know, I, I'd have to go look to see you know what the percentage or number is. Um, but there's 
there's definitely a solid chunk of them. And, you know, one of our philosophies has been is like, look, we've been, we've been doing the cannabis business here in Colorado for, for many years. We know that pretty well. Um, and don't get me wrong, we're, we're learning more and, and, and doing, doing more every day. Um, and, and the way we do that is, okay, let's, let's go look at, um, you know, let's say we're looking at, at, at retail, right? Like, let's go look at some people that have really strong retail skills um, in other industries, um, whether it's in, in the US or, or worldwide or whatever it is, who want to come and put their spin and their industry's best practices into cannabis. And we've had a lot of success having them come and, you know, for lack of better words, teaching them the cannabis business. And then they, when, you know, when they have success, they can apply, you know, whatever it is, right. Best practices from their old life into this new thing. And that's really what the cannabis business is, right? Like none of this stuff is brand new or, or, or top secret or anything like that. You know, in my opinion, what the best cannabis companies are doing is they're finding the best practices in all these other industries that are already established and finding some way to put those all together in this, you know, weird puzzle that is the, the cannabis business in Colorado. And so um, we definitely have a, a bunch of people who do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been great chatting and learning a lot more about Stephen Smith. Yeah, well, th thanks for having me. Apologies again for, I know you told me to turn my phone off and it happened right off the bat, but uh, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming out and take the tour. Um, we'd love to have you back anytime and I will do the shameless sales pitch for anybody listening. Um, Seton Smith is, is back open uh, with tours that are free and open to the public. You can sign up on our website at seedandsmith.com. Yeah, I definitely recommend doing the tour, and I certainly will be back in Colorado soon enough to check out your flagship in Louisville. Uh, didn't get a chance to this last trip, but certainly on the list for, for my next trip to Colorado. We can't wait to see you again. Thanks, bro. Uh, have a good day. You too.